Welcome to today's Love Monday podcast. I'm glad you're joining me today. I hope you've subscribed to this, and if you haven't, please do. It'll be delivered to you every Monday morning. It'll be there when you wake up. It's like morning coffee, but better. It's way more energizing than your morning coffee and way better for you, too. Hey, let's get started on today's topic. I talked to a lady at a party recently who is retired. She told me she liked the work she did while she was employed, but she didn't like the organization she did it for. Ever feel like that? The job is good, but I don't really like where I'm working. The culture is toxic, the culture, and if it's not toxic, maybe it's just boring. Maybe it's just a culture you don't like, but you like the work you do. You know, so many people find that they hate Monday and, and it's not, and they're disappointed because they chose a career that they thought they were really gonna be passionate about, but they get into a situation with either a boss or an organization that is just not for them. And so it's ruining what they thought was gonna be an otherwise really great career. So I asked how long she worked for this organization that she didn't like to work for. She said 19 years. She began slowly to tell me of some horror stories that, that, that she had from that employer. She'd periodically pause during this conversation to tell me she didn't want to bore me with all these bad experiences from her employment years. And I assured her, you know, this is what I do. I love to hear these stories. I love to hear stories like this because it motivates me to continue to move forward on this whole Love Monday movement that I started years ago. So as we sat there, she told me more and more stories and the stories started to flow. And she told me what she did for that company. She worked in the accounting department, but she had no degree or higher education in accounting. She wasn't really trained as an accountant. Well, she was trained in those concepts in accounting, but she didn't have that formal education. So she had a little bit of, she wasn't always taken seriously was what the, the impression I was getting from her. And I think that bothered her to some extent, which it should have because she was doing the work. In fact, she, she illustrated this in one situation that she shared with me where there was an accounting problem that all of the trained accountants with their degrees and their CPAs and their, their master's degrees in accounting could not figure out. And she said, here, give me the raw data. And she took all that raw data and she figured it out. And when she got done with that, there were some people who were really thanking her and praising her, but you know what her boss did? Her boss put her on probation. And you know why her boss put her on probation? Her boss put her on probation for not asking for his help. What an ego. He had such a big ego that if she could, she could figure out something without asking him for help where he could take credit for it because he helped her, then she, he put her on probation. But the point was she didn't need the help. She, nobody was able to solve the problem but her, and she was able to fix it without asking for his help. And that's why she didn't ask. She told me of another situation, another time where she was accused of something that someone else had done. That coworker that had accused her, um, after, after she was accused by this coworker anyway, um, they again put her on probation for somebody else's crime. <laughs> Even though she said, I didn't do this, she didn't know who had. 
But the person who actually had caused the problem eventually admitted it to her in privacy and said, you know, I, I feel kind of bad that I did that, but really it came down to, to me looking bad or someone else looking bad. So it was between me and you, and I chose myself. What a toxic environment. She worked there for 19 years. Years later, after she had retired, she ran into the HR director for that company. And that HR director said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm fine. She said, no, really, are, are, are you okay? And she said, why do you ask? Well, this HR director, with some regret, asked, you know, said to my friend, this, this person I talked to at the party, she said, I, I just want to apologize because all of those years of those probations you were put on and those allegations, I was, I was ordered to try and get rid of you. <laughs> and, and she was so floored by this. This friend of mine who was telling me this story, or this acquaintance of mine, she was, she was floored by this because she just thought nobody knew the truth. And though she tried to get the truth to come out, nobody knew it. Well, this HR director actually admitted to her that she knew that this was the truth and somebody was threatened by her and wanted her gone. And you know what? She, she rode out that storm. They never actually did get rid of her until she retired. But what a toxic environment. Now, some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, boy, I'm glad that it's not like this in the business world anymore. This lady who's retired, you know, it must have happened years ago. It actually wasn't that long ago. So some of you are listening and thinking, oh, I'm sure glad that, that, that this isn't my experience. And good for you. I'm glad it's not your experience either. But there are others listening and thinking, wow, I'm not the only one who's suffering in my job. There's somebody else who's got horror stories just like mine. And you know what? I hear these horror stories all the time. And I'm going to share some of them on this podcast to help in some small way to help some of you who are feeling like you're all alone on this island of toxic work environments and you're not. It is far from the exception. It is more like the norm. Now, that's not to say that everybody who gets the Sunday scaries and has the Monday dread works in a toxic work environment. There are lots of reasons. I talk often about the four mistakes that make people hate Monday. But, and, and if you hate Monday, you are without question making at least one of those four mistakes. And if you don't know what those are, you can go to an earlier episode. In fact, our pilot episode talked about the four mistakes. But I'm telling you, this is more common than you think. And, and, and even if it's not a toxic work environment, it is more common than you think to hate Monday. And I've talked about this before, too. You know, um, you've all heard my story. You've heard, heard my, my hateful Monday story, the day that I lost my job. Um, and that was the day after that, I vowed that was going to be my last hateful Monday. And then I dedicated my life to making Mondays less hateful for everybody else, too. Have I had bad days? Sure I have. Because there are toxic cultures. There are toxic bosses. There are toxic co-workers. You're going to run into that. The challenge is when we feel like we're trapped in those to toxic situations, that becomes a real challenge. It's easy to get trapped in them, too. It's, it's like poison one drop at a time until you're sick and dying and, and then you know, you're not even sure how you got there. 
but it starts to feel normal to you. These bad environments, these toxic environments, these bad situations start to feel normal because it's, it's poisoned by degrees. But it doesn't have to be that way. So I've shared the statistics before that I have gathered myself in various polls and on, out on social media. So I know it's not totally scientific, but the interesting thing is, and the different populations I go to, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, I get roughly the same numbers in my responses. So the question I ask is, when does Monday hit you? When does it first hit you? I mean, and what I, what I mean is, when do you start getting the Monday dread or the Sunday scaries? 28% of people say Monday hits them on Monday morning, as it should be. Monday should come when it's scheduled on the calendar every Monday. But 36%, for 36% of people, Monday hits on Sunday night between 6 and 10 p.m. For another 22%, Monday hits between noon and 6 p.m. on Sunday, the day before Monday. And for 14% of people, they say Monday hits them before noon on Sunday. Roughly half of their weekend is gone and is eaten up by the Sunday scaries and the Monday dreads. So this is a problem. It's a pandemic problem. It's a problem that doesn't change much. And that's why I do what I do. That's why we have this podcast. This is why I do it. But you know what? The saddest part about all of this is that 72%, those 72% that I just outlined there, not the 28% where, the, where Monday hits on Monday, but the 72% where Monday hits before Monday aren't doing anything about it because they don't think they can. So if you're one of the 72% who has the Monday dread at any degree, and that's what I mean, the Sunday scaries and the Monday dread, if, if, you, if, you, if Monday hits you before Monday, you're still in that, you're in that camp. And I have people, I talked to somebody recently who has been a coaching customer of mine. And she said, you know what? I still dread Monday. I love my job, but I still dread Monday. And, you know, and, and I told her, you know, there are some things we can do to still help you. Um, we did, we, you stopped coaching before we took it all the way. And there are still things that can be done to make the final tweaks, to make it so you really don't ever dread Monday, or when you do, it is so rare. It's like one in a hundred Mondays. So every couple of years, that's how often you should dread Monday and get the Sunday scaries. And it's for some abnormality that's not typical of your typical Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you really can love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. So again, so if you're part of the 72%, you've been, you've been poisoned one drop at a time, just like I was telling, just like I was mentioning before. Society and the culture in which we live feed us the poison. They feed us the poison and we continue to take it because it's, it's by degrees. It's a drop at a time and you don't know you're getting poisoned until all of a sudden you're in this, in this Sunday scaries every Sunday. I recall one vice president at a company where I worked. He was he was making excuse for for um, really for his poor response to a cultural deficiency in the organization, and he said flippantly, "You know, it's like this everywhere. I've worked lots of places, and you'll find this everywhere you go. So you can complain about it all you want, but it's just going to make you feel worse because the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence." 
he just flippantly dismissed it, dismissed everybody's feelings by saying, it's like this everywhere. Just get used to it. Work is work. Work is hell. Work sucks. So just get used to it instead of doing something about it, because leadership is the, is where this, where hating Monday begins. The, 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 the barrel of apples rots from the top of the barrel. That's what happens. It's when there's a toxic culture, you can look to the president, the CEO, whoever is at the top of the organization. If you're in a toxic organization, that's where it's coming from. Now, there are situations where you might be in a department where the manager is horrible and other people seem to be doing okay. But you know what? If you really look at it, they're only doing okay. Because if there's a toxic manager in, in your for, for your department, if you report to a toxic manager, somebody up above him or her is letting that happen. And so again, the highest level of leadership is letting this stuff happen. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like this vice president in this organization where I worked said, it, he's wrong. It's not like that everywhere. And the grass really is greener. People people who say what he said, the people who do that want to keep you on the inside of the fence. They always say that. What's worse is is that man, this vice president I'm talking about, which which he he was the vice president in the organization where I was, which means in all those previous cultures where he said it's the same, he was probably a leader in those cultures too. And so in those cultures, the grass was where the grass was just as brown as it was inside our fence. It was his fault. At least in part, it was his fault because he's in leadership and he can make make this change. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slag on leadership this whole time. But what I'm telling you is that's that's where the things have to change. So if you're in a leadership position in your organization and your employee engagement is low, or you've got high turnover, higher than normal turnover, um, it's on you to do something. I'm just gonna tell you. And if you want help, I can help you with that as well. So if you're a manager. This is my specialty, helping managers be better. So reach out to me, seriously. You can, you can reach me through lovemondaylikefriday.com. Anyway, people hate Monday. That's, that's a given. 72% of us do, based on those numbers I just gave you. And based on other numbers I've seen done by Gallup and other organizations, about 70% of people hate Monday. Um, so that's a given, and I don't want to fixate on that anymore. Today, I want to talk to you about why you hate Monday. I want to get to the bottom of this. I'm, I, you know, I speak frequently, <clears throat> excuse me. I speak frequently about the four mistakes that make people hate Monday. Today, I want to go beyond those mistakes. I don't want to fixate on that negative stuff too much. I started out that way and I, with, these, with these horror stories, but sometimes we have to hear those horror stories to get us to be able to have work from a resonating position. So today I want to, I want to stop talking about, um, those mistakes so much, you know, Steve jobs, founder of Apple said, the only way to do great work is to love what you, what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking, don't settle as with all matters of the heart. You'll know when you find it. The only way to do great work is to love what you do. That has been my experience, not only personally, but also in, from the people I've coached, from people I've talked to. 
the only way to do great work is to love what you do. Now, even if you think you're doing great work, if you don't love what you do, you're not doing as great a work as you could be doing. It's really true. And so if the only way to do great work is to love what you do, how are you going to do great work? How are you going to love what you do? So if you'll know when you find it, if you'll know when you find what you love, how do you find it? It's fairly simple, but it requires some work. But it's better work than the work you're doing that's making you hate Monday, I promise. So it's worth the work. And I'm going to walk you through this today. But one, and I'm going to go through this. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you exactly how to figure out what you love. Hey, everyone, it's Ryan Hammond for LoveMondayLikeFriday.com. If you are like over 70% of the people in your field or any other field for that matter, you get the Sunday scaries at some point on Sunday. Why do you get the Sunday scaries? Because you're dreading Monday. If you get the Sunday scaries, I want to help you out. On Friday, this coming Friday, you're invited to join me for a free webinar called The Four Mistakes That Make People Hate Monday. It's free and you can get the link to register and let me know you're coming in the show notes for this podcast. Go to the show notes, click the link, and I'll see you on Friday at noon Eastern time for The Four Mistakes That Make People Hate Monday. Before the break, we were talking about the Steve Jobs quote where he said, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know it when you find it. So here's how you find it. Promise you this is where we'd go before that commercial break. Here's how you find it. I want you to think back on your entire career, your whole career. And if you're 20, maybe that's not too long. If you're 60, it's a long time. You, I want you to think of the very best day you've had at work, the very best experience you've ever had while doing a job, any job, whether it's your job now, a job 10 jobs ago, a job you were doing last year. Think of the very best day and the very best experience you had doing work. What made this your best day? So think about this. What made it your best day? What were you doing? What was the specific task or project you were working on? Now I want you to answer a few more questions. Did time pass quickly or slowly? Because it could have been either one. If Sometimes time slows down so that we can really focus, but other times it passes quickly because we're enjoying it so much that time passes without notice. Next, did you know the steps to the process or did you have to keep asking for help and rereading instructions and getting coaching? Because I'm betting you knew the steps of the process. Next, were you energized or was your energy getting drained by this work you were doing? I'm betting you were energized. Were you excited to get back and do it again or not? I'm betting you were excited to get back and do it again. So now describe this in more detail. Take some time, you know, pause the, the podcast and take some time to think about this for a minute. Think about those questions. And then I want you to describe it in more detail. What was the specific work you were doing? And on the work you were doing, what specifically gave you the most energy, joy, and satisfaction about it? So get into the very specifics here. Were you working independently or were you involved with working in working with others? 
What tools were you using? You know, like systems, apps, hardware, software, etc. What kind of tools and systems were you using? What knowledge, experience, or training did you employ? How was the quality of the work you were doing? Did you get any feedback like, hey, you did a great job on this, or you're doing a great job, keep up the good work? So how was the quality of the work you were doing? Think about all those questions. If you want to pause the podcast, you want to pause this episode and, and do a little bit of writing about that, write it down, jot down some thoughts on it, that's a good thing to do. Now, when if we're, if we're talking about having such a great day and that greatest experience you've ever had at work, why did you stop doing that work? Was it just a temporary assignment? Was it a one-off project and the project ended? Were you reassigned to another function? Did you quit voluntarily for a different opportunity or more money? Or are you still doing it, but you just don't get enough of it? You don't get to do it enough. So that's kind of what I want to know. So go through those questions. If you, need to re, if you need to pause and go back and listen to those again, I want you to go through those questions while you're, while you're listening today. Now that you um, have described your best experience on any job, I want you to do this for the second, third, fourth, and fifth best experiences you've had at work. I want you to go through and find several of these. And when you get done with this, I want you to identify all these greatest experiences you've ever had. What was, for, for all of these greatest experiences you've ever had, rather, what was the task? And, and now associate it with, with whatever role or job you had at the time. So, so with, on those greatest days, those greatest experiences, what were the tasks you were doing? And then what were the jobs? What, what was your job at the time? What was your title? What, what were you doing? Where were you working? Um, so, so just think about that. And, and, and again, think about those questions and work through that a little bit. And we're going to take another little commercial break and then we're going to come right back and I'm going to um, help you with this after the commercial. Hey, do you know what you do best? Steve Jobs said the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know it when you find it. If you need help figuring out what you love to do so that you can do more of it, it's time you went to lovemondaylikefriday.com and sign up for the basic membership. For just $9 a month, you'll get unlimited access to all courses and content. In the basic membership, there's a course called That Thing You Rocked. This course will walk you step by step how to figure out what you love to do so that you can also do your best work and stop hating Monday. And for listening today, there's a coupon code in today's show notes that will get you one month free and you can cancel at any time. Just check out the show notes for this podcast to get your coupon code. Sign up for your free one month membership today. Okay, before the break, we were talking about how to discover what you love. If you listen to the commercial during the break, you got a hint into the best way to get to what you love. There's a course on lovemondaylikefriday.com that's included in both the basic and the premium memberships. It's a course that walks you through the process with worksheets and questions and an easy-to-follow example. So if you want to go to lovemondaylikefriday.com and go for the easiest step-by-step -step process, you can get that with the basic membership or the premium membership. But if you want to do it on your own, now that you have four or five best experiences from your career, which we got before that last commercial break, I want you to find common threads between them. And here's how you're going to do it. Like for me, the things that I love to do are speaking in front of audiences, 
teaching people to do things they didn't think they could do, coaching, things like that. It was during these tasks that I was loving what I was doing and having peak experiences. That's what we're talking about here, those peak experiences. Now look at the jobs you've had, the ones that we've talked about today where you've had these peak experiences. Now that you know the tasks and the jobs you had, um, the, the ones that you loved, you should be able to see and get a profile for the work that you love to do by seeing those, those, those common threads through that. Now all that's left to do is to see where you can do that all the time. Can you do it in your current role? When you look at those peak experiences, are you, are you able to have those in your current role? If not, what's stopping you? Is your boss stopping you from having those, those peak experiences? Is it only a small part of your current job? What's keeping you from doing what you love all the time? Is, is it that you left that job or those jobs where you had those peak experiences for more money or a different opportunity and now you're in a job where you just don't get to do that at all? That's a whole other issue to deal with as well. But once you have your list of all those things that are keep, keeping you from loving doing what you love, um, start to come up with mitigations for those. So if it is that, you know, your job just does not allow you to do this or your boss does not allow you to do this or it's just not a prevalent part of your job, what are you going to do to mitigate those, those situations? It might be that you have to have some hard conversations. You might have to have a hard conversation with your boss. You might have to have a hard conversation with your spouse or your significant other to say, you know what, I don't like what I'm doing. And I want to start to work toward what I can love because now I've discovered through listening to this podcast what I love to do, the types of work I love to do. And there are probably some roles out there that I can, I can go for. So that's it. That's our show for today. I, I gave you some hints into what you can do and you can really pursue this now. And I want you to. If you want to get more help on this, you can go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. Sign up for that basic membership. Like I say, there's a course called that thing you rocked and it's got lots of, it's got exercises, worksheets, things that are going to help you get through this process. Have a great Monday. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, do you hate Monday? Do you want help to stop hating Monday? If you need coaching, real effective one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, the guy who started the Love Monday movement, I have some open spots. Go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. Go to the Monday store page for more details. Hey, when are you going to start loving Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason? It's time.